God's word has the power to change everything. But the only part of God's word that works is the part you work. You know, can you embrace that? It's like, well, well, the Bible says, okay, the Bible says, but the Bible says so you know what to do. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth so that you can meditate, worry about it all day and all night so that you'll know what to do. Well, what do you do? You do the word. I said, you just do the word. You got to do the word. Well, the way I see it, and see, that's probably what's hurting you is that the way that you see it doesn't align with the way that he sees it. And why is that? Well, because you haven't spent enough time in his word. Because when you get in his word, you're going to get his thoughts. And when you get his thoughts and you begin to meditate his thoughts, you'll begin to see the images that he sees. You'll see what God sees. And then suddenly you're going to be seeing things that you have never seen before. And when you can see what you couldn't see before, you can go where you couldn't get before, you could reach what you couldn't touch before, and you could do what you couldn't even start before. And God's wanting to show you things. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call me, and I'll answer you. And call, man, that word call, it takes a little bit of effort on your part. There's an engagement. There's a place where you have to lean in. Well, let, let me rephrase that because lean in just sounds too easy. You have to press in. You press in. You call. You cry out. You make it your, you make it your, your heart cry. You make it your daily supplication. And and it's like you begin to cry out to God, and he said, I will answer you. And when I answer you, how will I know you're answering? You begin to see things you ain't never seen before, and I'll show you stuff that you don't know. And see, the problem is, is that most of us will, we have, I mean, have you ever really stopped to think about this? That we have access to God. Oh. We have access to God. This is amazing. And and how many of you understand he knows stuff you don't know? Well, well, wouldn't it make sense that if you have access to God who knows way more than you could know, wouldn't it just make sense to ask him so he'll tell you? Well, then why don't we? Because we are blinded by, 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 we think we already know. Well, I've done this before. You, you know, uh, uh, just, just, a, just a snippet a picture that you can get when you're reading, like, in the New Testament. Just go to the New Testament and read through the New Testament. And, and, and look at all the storms that people who walked with Jesus encountered. You know, and, and that in itself should be uh, kind of encouraging to you. I don't know why. There might be something wrong with me. But it kind of encourages me when I see people who are walking with Jesus and they, too, are having to deal with storms in life. You know, because normally when a storm comes up in life, the first thought is, oh, my God, what have I done wrong? Well, maybe you haven't done anything wrong. Maybe you're right on track because the people who walk with Jesus himself engaged in the storms of life. And you, and you read through and you begin to see the storms in life, but they're quite often, they occur, but they're handled in different fashions dependent upon different situations. So if you act as if you know how to handle the storm, you, you know, well, well, you know, well, we walk through it. We just get out the boat and we start walking. Well, wait a minute. He had a word from God to get out and walk. What, what about the guy that was, uh, had to reach out to a piece of the broken boat and float through it? What about the time he stood up and spoke to it? See, you don't know if you should speak to it, float through it, or walk through it until you've heard from God. And he said, if you call me, I'll answer you. I'll tell you what you do. But when you assume you don't need God's input, oh, that's your problem. That's 
See, because when you, when you and I assume that well, I'll just do what I did last time, which means that this time I got this. So I'll call this faith. I'm speaking to it, man. I'm speaking to it. Really? Uh, what, what's, what's the word that you're using to speak to it? I'm speaking to it. Now I'm speaking. Yeah, but you, you need fresh manna. See, you, you, you need to work. Well, yeah, but my daddy told me, I don't need it. You know, man, I had an amazing father. I have an uh, uh, incredible heritage. I'm blessed. But see, I, I don't need a word from dad. I need a word from my father. Okay. And see, it's, 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 it's man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. See, one of the reasons I need the word of God is so that, that God, you know, Isaiah put it this way. He said, you'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left or the right. A word behind you is not an angel on assignment whispering in your ear. It's the word, that you, which is seed, right? The word is seed. The source of the seed, the seed is the word of God. It's the word behind you. So it's the seed that was sown in the past that comes up in the present that opens the door to your future. So, you know, the word behind you is when it comes up on the inside of you and God's word begins to illuminate. To, like David said, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light to my path. Your word is beginning to give me insight and direction as to which way I should go. But see, you don't get to take something that you heard back when and, and apply that to this situation unless God's speaking it right now to you. See, we need God's direction in our life because without the word of God active, actively speaking to us, you and I are trying to operate as if God's with us instead of because God's with us. So we're walking in our own strength, but we've labeled it a walk of faith. See, here's the deal. And, and, you know, church folk, come on, hang with me for a minute. Let's just get real, you know, because if you've done it for a while, you end up knowing that, that you know, there's 66 books, but it's, it's, not, it's not like that in depth. See, because here's, here's the reality is that, um, you know, I can set out, uh, basically, uh, you, you know, we could play a game. We don't have time today. It would be kind of fun. We, but we could play a game, and you give me a scenario, and I can, I can almost instantly give you scripture that we're going to use to go do what, what it is that we want to do. Well, is God going to honor that? Only if he spoke it about that situation. See, this is the confidence, 1 John 5, 14, right? This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will. It's according to his will. I can ask anything. This is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will. We know he hears us, and if we know he hears us, we know that we're going to receive the petition that we desired of him. But we have to know it's according to his will. Yeah, but it's a storm. I've been in storms before. Yeah, and you listened to God, and you made it through. How come you're trying to talk for God? You need to hear from God before you talk for God. See, what happens is that you step out in faith without realizing you're not in faith. You're in pride. That, 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 that wasn't a faith step. That was, that was a pride step. Because now you've taken God's role. Um, how, how's it go? I know some of you guys have it tattooed on your, on your body. Um, 
Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember exactly how it starts. Uh, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, and he will give the direction. See, trust in the Lord. Isn't it interesting that when you start walking with God, you, you're, you, you, you know, hey, I trust God. Well, then why aren't you talking to him? I think, see, I think. And I know I'm weird. Okay, you know, and I, and I, know, I, I know that, you know, my head, just the way it works, it freaks me out. But I think the reason a lot of people, you know, don't talk to him because they don't want him to find out what they've been up to. <laughs> you know, it's like, you remember when Jesus, Jesus was in the boat and he was in the hinder part sleeping. Amplified, I love the Amplified. It says it was, and his head was on a leather pillow. His head was on a leather pillow. That's why when we buy cars, we try to get leather. <laughs> and uh, they went and they woke up Jesus, who was on his way to die for them. I love the statement that they asked him. Remember what, remember what they asked him? Hey, uh, Jesus, and you got to picture this, because I think sometimes we, I think we read the Bible too fast, and we, we don't slow down and, and, and really develop the thoughts. You know, Mark 4, 24 says, be careful what you hear, for, for the same measure you meet shall be given back to you. In the Amplified, it says, the level of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear will determine the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you, and even more to him who has understanding. You got you to slow down a minute and, and, and give some thought and study and let the pictures begin to be painted on the canvas of your spirit so that you can see what he's trying to show you. And, and, uh, 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 but, but, you know, get this picture because, you know, they're going through a storm and, and, and they think they're going under. And, I, again, you don't have to say, yep, been there. But most of us could testify today of storms that we've been in that we were pretty certain we were going under. Yep, here we are. Right? Yeah, see, that, you ought to be clap, you ought to be thankful. You, ought, you know, you need, you need to show some appreciation that you're not a greasy spot in the highway of life. Can you imagine them going down and they're waking up the guy that's on his way to die for them? And, they, and they're shaking him because he's, you know, they're, they're freaking in the middle of the storm. He's sleeping. You know, that's peace that passes understanding. You know, and, uh, and he's sleeping, and they're waking him up, and, and they ask the question. You remember the question they asked him? Don't you care? Don't you care? You, you never ask the guy that's going to die for you if he cares. Okay, it's not a great question. I really think it would have been awesome if he would looked at him and said, no, not really, and just went back to sleep. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah. Don't you care? We're dying here. And, and, and he gets up and he speaks to it, you know, and what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm just picturing him. He doesn't care. You wake him up. I don't want to wake him up. He'll be angry. 
And you know, when he wakes up, he's going to tell you something that's going to be truth, and it's going to wound me. A bunch of sissies. <laughs> I think a lot of us don't wake him up because he'll find out where we are. We've given our self-direction with our trust in the Lord tattoo. You know it's true. You know we all do this. Lean not to your own understanding. All you've done all week is tell people what you think. Come on, I do it too. I'm not supposed to lean on my understanding. I'm supposed to reject my understanding until I have fully acquainted myself with his understanding. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. Not just the ones you're willing to surrender, but all. See, uh, 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 Trying to help us because I believe that God's empowered you to change the world. I honestly believe that every person in this place has a mandate from God that before you were born, you know, Todd mentioned it this morning, right? Uh, Joshua or Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you, I knew you. So I, I didn't start shaping you until I understood where you were going to fit. Before I formed you, I knew, I knew you before the shaping began. I knew exactly where you were going to go. I knew exactly how I was going to use you. I knew exactly what your purpose was. And, and I sanctified you, which simply means I made you different. I set you apart from all the other. It's like a, it's like a, 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 you know, a giant puzzle, and you are a different piece, man. You, you're not like the other pieces. No, nobody is made like you. Nobody, nobody is created like you. And you try to be like somebody else, which means that there's an empty spot now because now you, you can't fill that spot. you just on top of somebody else's spot. Wondering why you don't feel fulfilled because you're in the wrong spot. And he said, I made you different. I set you apart and I ordained you, which means I have empowered you. I have given you everything you need to succeed. God would never ask you to do something he didn't empower you to succeed at. See, it's as if God had a dream about the future and he saw where you fit, and he went to work to shape you, to create you, so that you would fill that spot and have the ability and the opportunity to know real fulfillment in life. I'm not fast enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. The race isn't to the swift. The battle's not to the strong. Neither riches intended only for men of understanding. Time and chance happen to all men. Opportunity, a collision with a God birth opportunity happens to every single man, woman, boy, and girl. Why should I not lean on my understanding? Because my understanding sees going to miss it. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end is destruction. See, there's a way that seems right to you. 
but it, but, but it tears things down instead of building things up. Is what you and I do is we have a tendency to hyper-focus on the end. We, the, 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 here's the way that seems right, but the end is messed up. See, and, and, and what, what we do is, is that we, it seems right. So I, I focus on the way, the way that seems right, but he's supposed to direct my ways. See, I can't lean on my understanding, but in all my ways, in all my ways, I'm supposed to acknowledge him and he will give direction. So if I would stop focusing on the way it should be done, see, let me tell you something, that when you focus on the way it should be done, when the way matters to you more than the end does, you're in pride. You're doing God's job. See, there's a way that, see, see, if you would focus on the end, he could direct the way. But he can't direct the way when the way is all that matters to you, how are we going to change the world? We're going to follow his ways. See, Jesus, Jesus, uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you what just shot through my head because it would really irritate uh, religious people. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah, some of the guys, oh, come on, come on, come on. Those are the guys that, never mind. Um, see, I know. Well, talk to God. He'll tell you everything. Um, okay, so if I went through the room and, and, and put people, because I actually thought about doing this, and, and I should probably pull up one of those people that was going, yeah, do it, do it, and do it to them. But, 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 but I felt like, no, you probably shouldn't do that because you know, you're, not, you're not really trying to irritate them. And, and I'm really not. See, what I want each and every one of us to do is to realize that what God's speaking to us about right now is, uh, is that we need, to, we need to see how it fits us. It's easy to look across the sanctuary and go, oh, man, sure glad Neil's here. Shoot, Neil needs this like you have no idea, man. And, and I'm telling you, see, but Neil needs to let God talk to Neil, and you need to let God talk to you. Tom needs to hear from God for Tom today. So I won't do what I thought about doing, but you'll understand what I mean in just a second. But, but uh, see, I thought about pulling different people up, people that should know, right? And, and just say, and ask them a question, just fill in the blank, okay? Just fill in the blank. Pride comes before. That's not what the Bible says. See, we, we, pride comes before the fall. No, the Proverbs 16, 18, I think it is. It says pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. How come? How come? I actually, I actually had somebody last night say, it's not that I didn't believe you, but I, w- I had to go look at my, look it up myself. And I'm telling you, that's what you want to do every time I say something. You do not want to build your life on what Tom said. No, you need to know what God said. But, but the question that they asked last night was, oh my gosh, I read it and you're right. And I'm like, no, I'm not right. The word's right. I am not right. <laughs> well, why, why, why have we learned that pride comes before a fall? Well, a couple of reasons. One is we hate to talk about that haughty spirit thing. Yeah. 
But every one of us in here ought to be wrestling with it. Come on now. We, we, are, we are positioned in such a fantastic way. Just, you're in the top three or 4% of the wealthiest people on the planet. We are so insanely blessed. I said insanely blessed. And a lot of times our prayer life is telling God the stuff that we think he needs to get on right away to prove to us his love. I mean, after all, we've been so obedient. I mean, we've carried the water for you, God. You owe us. Look at your neighbor and say, hottie. You know, that gives a whole new meaning to she's a hottie. Okay. But back, back on track. I look at Shelby and I can read it. She's like, get back to the message. Okay. Pride comes before destruction. It's really important that you understand that because destruction uh, can be defined in a lot of different ways. Um, Proverbs 14, 12 says that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends thereof, King James, are the ways of death. Death isn't dead. Death is separation. Remember uh, when the prodigal son was returning home. He'd come to his right mind. He was returning home. His father saw him afar off and said, give me a coat. Give me a ring. Uh, you know, uh, kill a fatted calf for my son who was dead is alive again. Well, his son hadn't been dead. He had been separated. Okay, so dead, death, separation, uh, uh, so pride comes before separation. See, and the problem is, is a lot of people are separated, but they don't realize it. It's, it's like you're not where you should be. You don't have what you ought to have. Uh, and, and a lot of people, do, one, they either don't, they don't even realize it, or they think it's somebody else's issue. The reason I'm not where I need to be is because so-and-so got in my way. The reason I don't have what I'm supposed to have is because God hasn't honored his word. The reason that, are you, are you tracking? But see, pride comes before destruction. And, and see, we need to understand how, that when pride comes creeping in, uh, it's separating us from our ability to actually fulfill the purpose, or let me put it this way, because, because we talked about it. So God had a dream about the future, and, and so he saw where you were going to fit. So he shaped you to fulfill and complete that like nobody else has the ability to. But when pride comes in, it separates you from your ability to fulfill God's dream. So instead of living the dream, you have a nightmare. You can get, you know, how, how come somebody can, can get more money than they know what to do with and still go in a back room and end it? How come somebody can seem to have all the advantages in life, but they still never seem to really be happy? They don't really know joy. How come somebody else, that, like, like they're driving a Toyota from 1970 and they got a stupid grin on their face, what is the deal? And it's like, hey, fulfillment doesn't come from what you possess. It comes from who possesses you. Yes. See, 
How do I know if pride's coming in? And, and, and just because of time, you know, I got, I got, I got some great scripture that, 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 you know, but I've already given you a ton. And, and it's like, but can I just tell you that, that God, God wants us to address the pride that, that we possess in our hearts. He wants us to realize, hey, you got this issue. You got to deal with it. You got to grapple with this thing. You can't stand here thinking that I owe you because you're so good or you're so great. Or, or, and pride, you know, isn't always thinking so highly of yourself. Sometimes it's the, it's the reverse psychology of pride that says, well, I, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. That's, you're still focused on you, aren't you? So pride isn't thinking too highly of yourself. Pride is just thinking of yourself too often. Like it's all about you. Well, how do I know when pride's coming in? And, and, and I just want to share with you one of, the, one, of the, one of the quickest ways to recognize when pride is coming in and one of the greatest gateways to pride in your life. It, pride is coming in when gratitude has moved out. Okay, when, 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 when gratitude is, is waning, uh, it's because pride is winning. See, a lot of us are under the impression that if I had more, I'd be more grateful. If I had more money, if I had more opportunity, if I had more friends, if I had more stage time, if I had more, you know, if I had more, I'd be, I'd be more grateful. But see, more does not produce gratitude. Gratitude produces more. See, when you're, when you're grateful, it attracts increase an opportunity like, like, like metal filings to a magnet. But when you're ingrateful, it repels those things. Like, like when, you're, when, when you're ungrateful, um, what's proper English, ingrateful or ungrateful? I'm hearing both. Okay, so if I say un or in, just... Focus on the end and let God direct the way. Okay. When you are not grateful. Well, I don't think I'm not grateful. I don't think I'm ingrateful. I don't think I'm ungrateful. Uh, grateful is not an emotion. However, it will create emotion. Grateful is an action. It can be seen. It's not just heard in words, but it's seen in deed. It's seen in action. Um, hopefully you have a job. If you don't have a job, get one. Men, single men, you're praying for a woman get a job. Single woman, before God gave man a woman, he gave him a job. Keep things in order. God is a God of order. When you go to work, your gratitude should be seen. Um, they didn't hire you because you needed a job. They hired you because they needed a job done. 
and you're the doer of the job. Well, what do I get? Wrong attitude. What can I bring? How can I go second mile on you? How can I do whatever it takes and then some? How can I show my gratitude for the opportunity that has been availed to me? So funny because people will come and pray, pray with me that we find work. We pray they find work. Six months later, they stand and testify that the devil is in charge of their job. It almost seems as if an evil spirit goes everywhere they go. Just say it. See, your gratitude is shown by how you do what you do for the one you've been appointed to do it for. If you don't do a great job, you're taking something for granted, which is a lack of gratitude, and you're repelling the opportunity to experience the command of God in your life. What's the first command God gave man? Be fruitful, multiply, increase. But see, if you repel increase, then you can't experience the production of God's promise in your life. See, if you had someone that did a job for you, let's make it easier because you're seeing yourself and now it's easier to look at others. So let's bring someone else into the picture. And so you're, you're having someone, uh, and, and you've hired them uh, on, on a regular basis to wash your car. And if you wash cars for a living, I am not talking about you. But you're, you're going to have them wash your car, and they have a really nifty deal. They're going to swing by your place, and they're going to wash your car, and it's going to be Mondays at 9 o'clock, and, and they're going to do and, and they show up, and, and the first Monday they are there, and, and they, do, they do the job, and you come out, and it's like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. The car is clean, and, and you get in the car, and you drive around, and people say, well, you get a new car? No, I just finally washed it. Okay, and, and, uh, and then the next Monday at 9.07, uh, they show up, and then the next Monday, and you know the progression, and pretty soon it's not really clean. They didn't get the door jams. They, 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 you know, they, they were in a hurry, well, and, and it's not because they're bad. It's because they got, they got so much other stuff that they need to get to, and, 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 but they keep coming by, and, but, but they need to talk to you. They need to talk to you, and it goes on for three weeks. They need to talk to you, so you wait at 9, but they don't show up at 9. They come at 9.27 now. And by 9.27, you're not available to talk. And finally, they call you in, and, and it's like you've been called on the carpet because I've been trying to talk to you for weeks now. I really need to talk. Okay, what is it? What do you need? We've got a couple of minutes. Tell me what's up. I, I'm going to have to charge more. You're going to have to charge more. I've been getting less and less. Well, yeah, but, but I need more. And, and, and I need more vacation, and I, and I need more consideration, and you don't understand what it's like to do what I do. Okay. Now, a friend comes to you, and they say, hey, I'm going to start having my car washed. Know anybody I should have do it? Now, I want to know how many of you are dumb enough to recommend the jack wagon that's been doing it half-heartedly for you. Any takers? 
What just happened? Increase was coming, but ingratitude blocked it. Where did the ingratitude come from? Pride. Because the gentleman that was washing your car only thinks of him, not you, the one he serves. Somebody just dropped a mic. (laughs) Shut the front door. When you think about you, Pride has moved in and gratitude has moved out. But God, the favor of God is supposed to position me. The favor of God does position you. It positions you for purpose, not for comfort, not for pleasure. The purpose of God, the favor of God, the favor of God is upon my life. Let me tell you the only favor you need from God. Mercy. The only favor you need from God is mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. And when you get this in your heart, like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm going to humiliate hell. Let me tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm going to start being grateful for everything in my life. I'm going to begin to acknowledge God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. See, here's the bottom line question for the weekend, okay? In doing what you do, who is the intended recipient of the glory? Are you doing this for your glory or for his? If you'll add gratitude, gratefulness, to everything, every area of your life. Pray this way. God, I'm just so grateful that you've blessed me with an amazing wife. God, I'm grateful for the children that you gave me that kept me up through the nights, that created so much havoc. God, it pushed me to you. I'm grateful for the moments that they had the popo swing by the house. I'm grateful for the humiliation that I felt when they did wrong because it made me reach to you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to actually have to trust you with my money because it seems like every time I get more than enough, I forget where it all came from. So God, I'm grateful that you haven't forsaken me and left me on my own to sink like a rock in the storm. But even though I let you sleep, you're still in my boat and I can come and I can cause you to be awakened and you bring me back on track again. God, I'm grateful. Not everything in life goes my way, but God, when I look at the end and I When I reach the end, I look back at the pathway. I see that you are with me every step of the way. God, I'm grateful that you've brought me out so that you could bring me in. God, I'm grateful. God, I've been so full of myself, I just want to empty myself because when I'm full of me, there's no room for you. And I'm grateful that you've had mercy on my soul.
Would you just close your eyes for just a minute? God, we're just so grateful. Because your goodness, your mercy, it overwhelms us. And when we've come seeking more, when we weren't even grateful for what we had, God, we repent. Teach us. Teach us, Lord, that when we're grateful, more can't help itself but to come be part of our life. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want us all to pray one more prayer together. And if you're here today and you've been living life your way, we're, we're all going to pray a prayer, but I want you to pray it as if it's just you and God. And I want, I, I want to invite you to take your life and give it to God as an offering. I want you to accept the love that God offers you through relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, Tom, I, 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 I want to give my life to God. I, I want to make room. I, I'm ready to get real with God because I need God to be real in my world. I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to direct my own life. I want God to play his role. If that's you, I'm not going to call you forward, but while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here in this place and you say, I'm going to make this real today, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to stand to your feet right now, just right where you are. Just take a stand for God. Just stand in this place and say, okay, I'm making this prayer my prayer, and I promise you, if you can't stand in here, you'll never stand out there. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Just stand up right now. Just take a stand. Say, I'm going to stand for Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. Thank you, thank you. Man, I'm telling you, the best thing that you've ever done, this is that moment, this is that moment, the greatest decision you've ever made. We're standing with you, we agree with you right now. Anybody else just want to say, okay, I'll stand for Jesus. I'll stand for Jesus today. Everybody in this room, just pray this with me. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. So I receive it right here, right now. Come into my life. Change me. Make me different. Give me vision. Give me strength. Give me peace. I choose to live for you and for you alone. Say thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, everybody. Celebrate with heaven. You can be seated.